Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Andy Petro, and we are going to have a marvelous conversation about his near-death experience because he had also drowned as a child. You were a teenager, correct, Andy? Yes, I was a senior in high school, two days before graduation from high school. We were on a class picnic, our last outing as a, as a group of, of friends, and I was swimming out to a, uh, a floating platform where my friends were, and halfway to the platform, I got cramps and went down and pop, bobbed, bobbed up to the top once or twice. Uh, and they thought I was just clowning around. And then all this, then I went down for the last time and got deeper and deeper. And it was, this was in Michigan in June. So it was still really cold there. That lake was ice cold. I was shivering and gasping, gasping for air. And I was telling myself, if I just have one breath of air, that's all I wanted. One breath of air and then it's okay. But I couldn't. And then I, all of a sudden I found myself, I could feel weeds wet slimy weeds which is near the bottom of the lake and and then I dropped farther and when I when I hit the bottom of the lake I was I hit in a sitting position so I was sitting and I thought oh this is great I'll just push myself to the top well I went to push myself my hands got stuck in the muck oh. not only am I sitting at the bottom of the lake every cell in my body screaming out for some oxygen now I'm stuck and then I hear a voice in my head say, Andy, called me Andy, voice said, Andy, you have to relax. You need to relax for just a moment, and then I'll let you go on with your struggle. I said, no, I can't, no, there's no relaxing in this thing. I need to get some air. So the voice says, no, I promise you that if you relax for just a moment, if you just let go, everything will be fine. And I said, do you promise? And the voice said back to me, yes, I promise. I said, okay, then I'll let go. And the moment the word go formed in my head, I hopped out of my body and into a tunnel in, a, in what I call a moment of no time. It wasn't a second. It wasn't a millisecond. It was now I'm stuck in the lake at the, at, at the bottom of the lake, and now I'm in the tunnel. And I looked, and I could see my body down in the lake. But... I was filled instantaneously with so much love, unconditional love. And imagine such a relief not to have that pain, yeah. to be in that struggle. And I was no longer freezing and shaking. I was warm. It was like I was standing in front of a fire after walking through the snow. It was just, and, and I was so happy, that even though I didn't have a face, if I had a face, there was a smile that would not stop. It was so wonderful. And when I looked down again and saw me, saw my body, it was, yeah, it's like a body. That's me. But I'm not there anymore. And I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about my life. I didn't care the fact that, that I was dead. I didn't care about the fact that I didn't, didn't even start my life yet. I'm still in high school. None of that made any difference. I didn't care about anything because I was home. I was in the light. That was that transition, as I'm saying it right now, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Even though it's been over 60 years, every time I talk about this, and it's the only memory I have as an old person that never changes. I've said this story thousands of times, and it's probably the same word for word, because I don't know where it is in my brain, 
but it's stored somewhere in there or maybe directly connected to the light but it never changes it i don't it's not embellished and it's not forgotten it's almost word for word yeah and why would anybody embellish it is too much as it is so so, so now i'm in the tunnel and and i'm being drawn pulled like like by a, a giant magnet being pulled because i wasn't moving and and i had i didn't have a body like the body that's down in the lake but but i had it was me i was still andy and i was and i was in something okay? uh, and and i and i felt myself being pulled and the and i'm looking at the light and the light's getting brighter and brighter and i said wow this is really light it should be burning my retinas out it was like a thousand million suns exploding at the same time that's right and, and i'm pulled down farther and farther and then all of a sudden in what i call a moment of no time now i'm in the tunnel oh. and now i'm in the middle of a giant sphere bigger than a coliseum bigger than a football stadium See, that's unusual and, that you were um in the tunnel next not first that's right and and then now that i'm in the sphere i'm hovering in the center of the sphere and i like hovering anyway hovering's cool yes i'm hovering in the center of the sphere and the light is next to me now i don't know i don't i don't know what he looks i don't know what it looks like it's not a he it's, it's the light it's all of us but but we we communicated we didn't talk because you don't have any lips or mouth or anything but but we were communicating back and forth and and on the inside of the sphere in every direction are are motion picture screens they're not but that's the best analogy i get of everything that i've ever done in all of my lives and they're all happening at the same time and this is the good part i was not confused nothing was confusing it was as if i'm talking to you right now i it was it was obviously that's the way it was there was no it wasn't wow look at that i i never had those those feelings of knowing something before not knowing i was i was in the light and there and and i was i was knowing everything is well understood and every time that i that i focused on a screen like i remember focusing on a something that hasn't happened yet for me but it was years later focused on me and my brother washing his his car his, his 50 56 Chevrolet car washing his car and we got into an argument and 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 started fighting when i'm viewing it in the light not only am i re- reviewing what i experienced but i knew exactly what he was talking about I know exactly what he was feeling. So every time that I revisited one of my experiences on planet Earth, I would revisit it just like it happened except that now I knew exactly what what was going on. Like right now, if I'm if if I was in the light and I'm seeing me talking to Peggy on 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 the Zoom, I would see what i'm saying right now but at the same moment i know exactly what you're thinking while i'm talking my cat's annoying me <laughs> <laughs> see i knew that <laughs> so so 
so I spent all this time and an interesting conversation. Now it's telepathic. It's not like you and I talking right now, but an interesting conversation between the light and I. The light, we, the light is very funny. The, the light has a sense of humor. The light was saying to me, "Look at Andy. Look at look how angry you got over something." And, 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 and how you really hated that person for what they did to you. Don't you realize that it doesn't make any difference? Because reality isn't on earth. Reality is here with, with me, with us, with everybody. Being on planet earth is like, it's like being in a stage play. There's 8 billion actors. Everybody has a part to play. They all have costumes. They all have different skin, different colors, different sizes. But, but it's not real. The reason why you came to, the reason why you went to Earth in the first place, Andy, was because you wanted to experience the relative. The relative? Relative. Fat versus skinny, hot, cold, love, hate. In the light, everything is known. There is no unknown. Therefore, there is no new knowing. Okay? Here on Earth, I remember when I, when I was, I, I, I was in technology most of my life. I'm writing a program for a banking system. And I was working on that for days and days. And I couldn't, I just couldn't get it to work. One night I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, ta-da, ah, I grab my pencil and paper, I write it all down, bring it into work the next day, and it works. That feeling of not knowing, followed by ah, aha, mm -hmm. I, I experienced countless ahas in my life where I didn't know and now I know. Yeah, so, I was constantly in my drawing like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, and and in the light... Not being told, no, like you say. Yeah, there are no ahas in the light because there's nothing unknown. And, right. and the light said, you, in order to experience the relative, you need to lower your vibration so you can be born on a planet in some universe has countless planets, countless universes to experience that. And then when you experience it, that experience is added to the experience of the whole. And now all the other pieces of God or pieces of the light, okay, all can all, all benefit from what you've experienced. So we spent all that time, it seemed like maybe a couple of months. I was only in the water. 10 to 12 minutes, 12, 15 minutes max. Otherwise, a long time. And I, I, to this day, I don't know who, who found me. I don't remember being dragged from the bottom of the lake to the top. I don't remember being pulled onto this beach. I don't remember being laid down and turned over. And I don't remember somebody getting on top of me with my head turned to the side, doing trying to get the water out of my lungs like they used to do in the old days. That was before CPR. I don't remember any of that. The next thing I remember is I'm with I'm with the light, and the light is telling me, uh, Andy, you have to go back. Ah, uh, no, there's no way I'm going back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm here. You're not getting me back right now. And the light says it again, Andy, you're going back. And I said, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm not going back. And the light says for the third time, Andy, you're going back. And I word, when I heard the K in back, in a moment of no time, I'm stuffed into my body. Oh, my God. 
I'm back. I was so sad. I was so, it was, it was horrible. The pain of being back in my body. And I, and I was thinking, how could the light do that to me? The light allowed me to hold the universe in the palm of my hand. And now it stuffs me back into that old broken down body. That made no sense to me. The light didn't say, go back because you're going to live a good life or a bad life. It didn't say you're going to get married and have a man. The light didn't say anything. He didn't even give me a manual. What, what do you do when you get back? Tell me what to do. There's nothing. So I, I didn't know anything. And I spent 25 years at after that day trying to figure out what's going on. I thought I was crazy. I spoke it to no one. Not my parents, not people, not not women, men, anybody, nobody. Nobody, nobody. And I kept reliving it over and over again. Did anybody say that day, like what happened? Like we tried reviving you, we turned you over, anything like that, or we found yeah. you? Yeah, and everybody's around. Oh, tell me, what do you, how did it feel? What happened? What? And I said to them, I lied. I did the first great lie, and I lied for the next 25 years. I lied and said, I can't remember anything. A complete blank. And it was anything but a complete blank. So they were able to tell you how long you were out and like them yeah. finding you and what they did. That's beneficial. Yeah, and, and I knew and I knew what time it was once I got once I got back there. And it was something like 10 or 10, 10 or 12 minutes, something like that. And everybody was so happy. Oh, we thought you were dead and all that. And I said, I, I said, I don't know anything. All I remember is sinking down. And then the next thing I know, I'm up here. I missed the whole 5,000 years I spent in the life, whatever that whatever that time frame was. It was, I, I couldn't tell anybody because I didn't know. Now, if I were to have a near-death experience right after this interview, that's a different right. story. Right. Oh, yeah. No, but back then, 1955, they barely had color TV back then. I had no idea what was going on and what 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 I should do. So I was really, I call myself. I was like a vagabond. I was just wandering from place to place, and spent the next twenty five years going into every religion I could. Couldn't find the answer there. I went into all types of meditations. I couldn't find the answer. I couldn't find the answer until I read Moody's book. Anyway, oh, there's one other thing I want to talk about, which is this this part I has really kept me alive for for all the years since 1955. As I, at, again, in a moment of no time, when I was finished with the life review, they call it now, with the life review, I popped back into no time. Now I'm in the sphere. Now I'm back in the tunnel. And now I'm really close to the light. And, and the light has a form like uh, a target. I, I was in the Marines, so you, there are targets that you practice on, not the ones with circles on them, but there's a silhouette of a, of a person. Okay? Okay. It looked like a white silhouette, white on white, on white on white, uh -huh. white all over the place. Infinite variations of white. And, and as, as I'm drawn closer to, closer to the light, now I'm in front of the light, whatever that means. And the light says to me, Andy, don't be afraid. And it, it's a voice that I've never heard 
but I recognize. I'll be talking in silliness because I'm going to be saying things that are contradictory, but that's what I experienced. I never heard the voice before, but I remembered it. And the light says, Andy, I love you. Andy, don't be afraid. And then it says, Andy, we love you. And when the light said, Andy, we love you, that little silhouette thing kind of disappeared. And there were billions and billions and trillions and billions and trillions of other lights, just like me. And they said in the chorus, welcome home, Andy. Wow. And I knew I was home. Oh, my God. That is the best welcome back home I ever Wow, had. I got chills. Welcome home, Andy. And I was absorbed into the light. What do you mean, Andy? You're absorbed. Well, I spent years trying to trying to find some English words to explain what I knew and felt. And what I felt was it was like like the light is a big glass of water. And Andy is a spoonful of sugar. Now I take the spoonful of sugar, and when the light said, Andy, we love you. The sugar is poured into the glass of water and stirred around. Now, take the spoon back out, and now I'm I'm light Andy. I'm no longer Andy. I'm no longer Earth Andy. I'm light Andy. I'm a piece of the light. So if you take that same spoon and reach in and get a spoonful of sugar water, look at it. Where's Andy? Everywhere. Where's the light? Everywhere. I am the light and the light is me. That has no human words to describe knowing that you're a piece of sugar water. have been a sugar daddy, but that was something else. But you know, the whole thing, that whole experience of being absorbed, A-B-S-O-R-B-E-D, being absorbed into the light, to becoming one with the light, as I'm saying it right now, I'm feeling things that have no, I have no descriptions for. It's filled with eternal joy and unconditional love. And the unconditional love part has made the last 65 years here, even though I don't want to be here, tolerable, because I have an opportunity to share unconditional love with people that I meet on a very low level. I'm not I'm not uh, a star. I wrote a couple of books, but I, I'm not on the Oprah show. I'm not being interviewed all the time. I'm just a normal Joe who's here in the senior, li uh, uh, senior living facility because I'm old now and my body's breaking down and it doesn't do very much. Okay? Are you? You're in a facility? Yes. I'm in a place called Sunrisa, which is in, Ro in Roseville, California, which is where we sold our house and everything and we moved in here just uh, to, to spend time in a in a community in a senior community your wife is with you yes awesome so we're, we're living in an apartment now first time in 60 years that we don't have a, a home but that's fine i'm on to the next the next adventure the next to the next part of, of of living here and really very very excited about going home i'm telling you I got that. I have that return ticket in my pocket. I'm just waiting for the plane to arrive so I can get on that and get get back to where we all belong. I want to go back to the light. Do you share this with the residents? Uh, individually. 
because I'm I don't want to come across as somebody who has something to sell or something for I don't care if anybody who hears what I'm talking about believes me that's not the point I'm just telling you what happened to me and what I remember and and that from that moment on I became a different person whether I realized it or not once I remembered that I'm a piece of the light once I'm re I remembered that I'm a piece of unconditional love and that and that all of what I experience here on the planet is as I said before like a Broadway play with all the actors yeah horrible things happen wonderful things happen but they're just happening so that so that we can experience them all the other eight billion pieces of light who are down here now experience them because in the light we can't experience because we know everything in order to experience something you have to not know followed by knowing ah oh i didn't know that oh and that feeling of knowing is something that you really can't get in the light because in the light everything's known there is no not knowing so ignorance is bliss yes yes <laughs> Oh, Unless right. we've had an NDE and then we know what bliss is. Like, oh, this really isn't bliss. It's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, 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 so the the whole thing for me is, I the the phrase that I use from time to time. I tell people, you know, I really feel like a stranger in a strange land. I know it. I know the light. I remember it, and I and and I remember it as if it happened yesterday and it's been almost 65 years i remember and that memory never changes now all i know is i'm just telling you what is inside of me and what comes out how do you feel when you tell it wonderful that's why i tell it so many times because i'm reliving it right now i'm reliving it i know although i i cannot find words to explain it i am feeling the exact way that I felt in the light and it's it's ecstasy times some number that has an infinite number of zeros behind it mm -hmm. that that's that's how I feel and that's why I talk about it as as many times as I do because every time I talk about it I relive it okay. that's pretty cool so I want to go back in the light I'm doing it now as I'm sitting here talking to you on zoom it feels there like levitating. Yes. Yeah. There, there isn't, there isn't a price on this. You, if, if I hadn't had the NDE, there's no way that I could have experiences. I could listen to somebody who's had one and and try to say, yeah, okay, I kind of know what it feels like, but I'm, I'm beyond kind of know. I know, and I know because I was there, and why I was there is irrelevant. There are no whys in the, in the, in the light. Why does it make sense? Why you only say why when you don't know? When I'm in the light, I know everything. So therefore, there are no whys. What did you think when you read Raymond Moody's book? Oh, I, I, there's a. I was coming back from a business trip, walking past a, a uh, bookstore in the airport. I was living in uh, California at the time, and I, oh, Raymond Moody, Life After Life. What? I don't, I just picked it up, looked at it. I had no idea what it was about, life after life, whatever that means. I put it in my coat pocket, went home. That night, after dinner, 
and getting ready for bed, everybody's going. I said, what about, oh, I remembered I picked up a book. So I went to the, went to the closet, pulled the book out of my coat. And I said, uh, I, Doris, go to bed. I'll see you. I, I, I just want to read this. It's going to take me a couple minutes. I just want to see it's about. I read the whole book cover to cover till three o'clock in the morning. And, and, and I hadn't cried in many, many years. And tears were coming down my eyes because, my God, I am not crazy. That feeling of spending years thinking there was something wrong with me and realizing that I'm one of the five or ten percent of the of the humans on earth to have this experience and I still remember it 20 some years later as if it happened the day before yesterday wow I mean that was uh, I run out of words to explain how I felt once that I was now that I knew that I wasn't crazy and that this really happened and now I knew that everything that I had experienced and everything that I remembered is true for me. I don't care if it's true for it has nothing to do with anybody else. It is true for me. And it's my personal experience. And it has made my life over the last 60 years really tolerable when I don't want to be here. So one of the things that happened to me uh, some years after that, I remember the first time I was walking down the hallway from the bedroom to the kitchen, and all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming feeling of joy. It stopped me in the middle of my walk, and I felt so wonderful, and it was almost like I was back in the light. That feeling of complete bliss, unconditional love, and everything is fine because it is the way it should be. There are no questions. There are no concerns. There's just love. And it froze me in my tracks. I just stopped there in the middle of the hallway. And I don't know how long I was there, five or ten minutes, some amount of time. It was early in the morning. And I thought, oh, my God, this is such a great feeling. And then after so many minutes, it, stopped, it went away. And then I continued on. So, Wow, that was the first time that ever happened. That's just a, a feeling of unconditional love and joy that that I could feel. It's almost like I could touch it, almost like I could put my hands around it. And then about a month later, it happened again. And And from time to time, over the next year or two, it would happen sometimes for two minutes, sometimes for a half hour, sometimes for 30 seconds. What is that? That feeling of joy that just, whoa, just kind of just shakes you. And, and so then I said, well, you know, maybe there's a, is there a way that I can have that on demand rather than just wait for it to occur? And that's when I, and that's when I thought, I remember when I was with the light, the light said that Unconditional love means that we are all one. We're from the same stuff. And everything that exists was, is made from vibrating strings of unconditional love. And, and therefore, if you want to experience that, you need to, you need to practice to do, to emote unconditional love from yourself. Meaning that, that I love you, Peggy, regardless of what you do, what you say, you could 
take this take this interview and, and and trash it and do whatever you want it doesn't affect the fact that i love you unconditionally because unconditional love says i choose to love you because you are a piece of me and i am a piece of you because we're all made from the same stuff that's what the light was telling me there is no difference we have different costumes we wear different clothes we do different sex we have anything that is different is irrelevant because underneath it all when you take the costumes off when you, when you when, when the play's over and everybody's leaving the theater they're all one they're all the same stuff so then what the light said to me was andy why don't you do small pieces of unconditional love to people that you happen to meet that have no it's not instantaneous so I started doing that. If I went to the supermarket and I'm waiting in line and the, the supermarket clerk is standing there and she's been there all day and she's, she's had one rough day and I could see that and it's my turn. I put the stuff on. And I try to say something, to do something, to smile, to make her feel just a little better. And when I do that, when I can see that I spent 15 seconds trying to make her day better, and I don't know her from Adam. And I can see her smile because I was able to give her five seconds of smile in a day that didn't go right. Then I feel that I feel that unconditional love again. It just wishes down on me. And I don't care about who's sitting back of me, what's going on. I'm focusing on this one person that I don't know. And I want to love her because she's a part of me and I'm a part of her and we're all part of the light. Wow. That makes that makes the days mm -hmm. go by much better than they did before I got into doing that. And and I and I still do that today. And and the, and the light said to me one time he said the light not he it's a it's a light the light said okay what I want you to do is practice that, which I finally did after years. It didn't happen instantaneously on Earth in Earth time. And anyway, it's it's the one thing that I got from the light. Well, actually, two things. One thing that I got from the light that I'm able to practice on a daily basis. And I like it. I, I enjoy it. And it makes me feel that I really am a piece of the light. And so is the person that I just smiled at and try to give her or him a good day. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, because like I said before, when like you're angry, how does that feel? It feels awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just... Uh, and and the good part for me is that, that I know that I can control it. I mean, all I got to do is treat someone with unconditional love and respect. It doesn't take much, and it's not hard to do. And that brings me back to back to center again, and I can get on with my life doing whatever I do. There, there's nothing special about me. I'm not special. I'm just an ordinary guy who happened to drown, sent back here unwillingly, and still alive after 60-some years, 
having to talk with Peggy about what I experienced. After you read that book, did you right away tell your wife your experience? Uh, she was one of the first, but it took a couple years. Really? Because so many years, 25 years of denial, of, of stifling myself, even though I knew now it's true, it took a couple years for me to actually say it. And even more years before I would say it in public. Yeah. yeah. Me too. But mine was, I would, I remember finding, I don't remember which, which book it was, but it was a near-death experience story. Uh -huh. And I'd read it. And immediately I was feeling, why does this feel so familiar? I wasn't bringing them weird memories I had that I pushed away. That's what this yeah. is. I didn't label it as that because mine was so deep in me and buried and put away, you know, was never coming out. And so, and then I read another one. And then when we got the internet, then I started hearing some and um, listened to Ian's videos and I would sit in awe of the speakers. I thought that must be the best feeling in the world to be able to stand on a stage. And they tell it so well, still not knowing that's what mine was. And I was watching um, I Survived and Come Back and I would think, why does this just draw me in like nothing else? Yeah. And then I started wondering, is those little memories I have, is that? A near-death experience because it felt so small and so far away from me and so I started thinking about it more and then um, one day I got on the internet when I first started learning how to you know search things and the first thing I did was type in near-death experiences and um, um, Jeffrey Long's um, NDERF the um, near-death experience research foundation showed up and right there on top it says um, before I read anything really it says submit your story and I couldn't pound that in fast enough and I hit and I couldn't wait to hit send I didn't proofread or nothing I just hit send and I was so happy and so about that time too I was starting to tell my husband but I f was really having trouble finding words and the words coming out of my mouth sound so scary to me because they didn't sound like a sane person but, but yet it was pouring out and I would shake and I would be standing up and animated in front of him and it wasn't like me at all. And so it, it took me a long time. So we both had very similar experiences from to, to once you under, once I understood, yes, this is true. I'm not crazy. It did happen. And I, it, it took a while for, for it to get to that point where I could have, like obviously having this conversation with you is 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 not trivial it's even though i've done this many times it's still difficult to do it because i i know that there are people who are going to hear this that are going to say uh that's bonkers they don't know what he's talking about but I, but I'm, I'm after all these years i know that i i don't care it doesn't make any difference to me i know what's true for me and if you want to hear it hear it you want to share, share, but that, that's been the good part of it for me. Once and I, I got past that. And I say, I had to believe it myself before yes. I told it to anybody else. Yes. I had to make sure this was true because I was doubting me. 
Mm-hmm. And I would, then finally I come to the conclusion, you're not a liar. You don't make up stories. I have a short-term memory problem. Like if I was going to make up a lie, I would have to pull out notes and read it every, you know, because I can't remember stuff like that. But, you know, these experiences, as you know, it don't matter how many years go by. And I say they must be like they're, they're created not by our brain, but while we're just soul and away from our brain. And so they are timeless. You know, the memory, it just doesn't fade. It stays so crisp and protected. Well, one of the things that happened to me uh, after all of this now, I've, I read the book and everything, and, and I'm going about my life. Uh, about 30 years ago, all of a sudden I wake up in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and I, I hear these things in my head words in my head are spinning around and and I, I try to go back to sleep and I can't sleep so finally I, it's almost like someone picked me out of bed moved me over to the den turned the light on gave me a pencil and a piece of paper and I start writing poems and I'm not a poet I don't even like writing I'm a visual person I'm a graphics I'm a painter I'm an artist I'm not a writer I spend about, I spend the first poem that I write, I spend an hour writing it. And then once I'm finished, it's now like three o'clock in the morning, I get up, go back to bed, get up at eight o'clock, go in a den, look at this. Wow, I wonder who wrote that. I knew I wrote it, but I didn't write it. It didn't come from me, yeah. it came through, through me. you. This happened again. 50, 60 times over the next 20 or 30 years, writing a poem. And I kept them all. And it went from writing to now on my computer and now on my iPad and as the technology goes, but this is still happening to me. And then finally, one time, I one day, I, 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 when we moved to another another city, I got involved with a, with a writing group. I'm not a writer. So I brought my poems to the... And so we, and so they said, why don't you write a, why don't you make a book out of those? So that was my first book, Remembering the Light, which is each poem, oh. a chapter. Okay. And, and I put it together and on Amazon, sold, fine. And, and then uh, about two years later, my son is taking me to one of the meetings that I went to where I was talking about my NDE. He said, you know, there are people out there that don't like poetry difficulty with poetry why don't you write the story again only without poetry so then i thought about it woke up at one morning two o'clock in the morning ah okay this is going to be just prose i have a couple poems at the end and and so when i think about this i i didn't write that stuff i wrote it i didn't write it obviously that's that's from the light that has yeah. to come because it, it, it was time for me to to express what I'm talking to you about now in, in on on paper, in books and audio, and so I did that. And an interesting thing that that I was I've read I've read my books I've read them I've read both books probably I don't know five six hundred times each. Every time that I read it, if I were to pick it up right now and go to chapter one, as I'm reading it, obviously I know it by heart to use earth terms, but as I'm reading it, it's as if I'm reading it for the first time. 
And then as I was doing that, then I remembered that being in the light, you know everything. Well, isn't it boring? No, it's not boring because in the light, every time that you experience something, even though you know it, it's as if it's the first time. So that's now I now I can understand why the light is so wonderful because you always have that feeling of knowing it for the first time and and that's knowing everything yeah Over. it's like you have new eyes yep so anyway that was that was that that, that was something that i really did because uh, i i thought you know i read these people about other others who have ndes and they come out and they can foresee the future and they can make their watch stop and all kinds of different things that people do based on what their experience was and i said well i i don't i don't do anything but well writing poetry seemed like a silly thing to do but it but it describes in another venue of what it was like to be in the light be absorbed by the light i did that too i started writing my book one day and then i don't know how many days into it so I had my done three months. I just like woke up one day and it just was like there. I was do it. And but then one morning I was just gonna get up on play on Facebook and I'll instead of writing whatever on Facebook, I started writing poetry. I just started putting it on Facebook. And then um I ended up, you know, writing down to save them and ended up putting them back in my book and um I read them before my before I had a book, I read them before my book was done, I had read it at Ian's conference. I read my poetry, which is something you don't do at Ian conference. You know, I was on an indie panel. They want you to tell your story. I wasn't ready to tell my story. I was got scared and shy, but I felt comfortable reading my poems. And the, although I, when they hand me the microphone, <laughs> I almost bolted. I was so scared, and then I just like got this calm over me. And um, that's what mine were. When I wrote down poems, I wrote them all in one sitting. But mine was like maybe five or six within maybe an hour. Uh -huh. And when I was done, I sat back. I was like, I couldn't done better myself because it it wasn't me. Yes. Like you said, it's like through you. That's right. I, I didn't give it a second thought. It just come right through. And um, what, first, see, one was about my drowning called The Pond. And then a spiritual experience I had right after the drowning called The Will of a Wildflower, which is the name of my memoir. Uh -huh. And then one is um, catching a ride where um, I was kidnapped and raped at 16, but I had a spiritual experience where I left my body, was rescued, and was up in the night sky. And then another one was um, The Hill, a spiritual experience I had uh, my senior year of high school. And then the last one was The Twins with the ectopic pregnancy when I, my second NDE. But yeah, they just come like, I don't, I'm not a poet. I don't write poems. I don't even know if, as far as poem goes, if they're, that's the way they're supposed to be written. It yeah. doesn't matter. I was describing my experiences. And, and that's the same thing that I went through. Uh, it's amazing. You're, you're the first person that, that, that I've met who's had almost identical experiences with, in, in writing poems out of, out of the air. Just comes out of the, yeah. and they're actually out of the light. That's where they're yeah. coming from. I'll do it on Facebook once in a while. They won't be, you know, as well as, you know, those. Yeah. But sometimes, like, mine too is usually when I just wake up in the morning. Something uh -huh. will be upon me and it'll just flow. And I should save them all, but, you know, after a while I delete them. Yeah. But, yeah.
Okay. Um, <laughs> I get off topic. Yeah. <laughs> I really was identifying with you when you were under the water because I know what that's like. Mine wasn't cold, but it was dark, muddy water. The water turned muddy, and I was screaming underwater, and that feeling of nobody can hear you, and you're so alone. And I thought of my sister and my mom, who was up still at the house, hadn't come down yet. And um, I was thinking they're my, as my protectors are supposed to protect me, and you know, they even know I was down here. And, and then suddenly, before I died, I was out of my body, I was at the ceiling of the kitchen where my mama's sister was, and I could feel, I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I felt their emotions. They were quietly getting things, just concentrating to put, get things to have like a picnic to bring down the pond, because my brother and I was told to go on a head down. And just for a brief moment, I was just feeling their emotions. But so, but I had another feeling so much like you, just this moment of, when the pain and struggle stops and you have that moment before you slip out which you went to another realm where i didn't in that one i didn't go to heaven i did the second one but in that one it was all i was a ghost kid out of body and i hovered above the pond and you know all this stuff but that moment before i slipped out i went down not into the mud but i was down watching the fish in their mouth and their fins and everything and and that's when the I guess you would say the voices started telepathically and scenes would open up and like for, take it from my memory and, and teach me things and um, my first thought was like I was struggling and everything and I thought I couldn't stand the pain in my throat anymore it felt like it was going to burst and then it was like you wake up from a nap and you're all calm and relaxed that feeling and I still don't know how much time went by it's like when you wake from a nap you know there's some time that passed and I first, my th first thought was, my parents lied to me. There's no such thing as drowning because I'm fine. And I couldn't wait to tell my brothers and sisters, there's no such thing as drowning. And then, you know, I kind of like drifted down. That's when I saw the fish and the scenes opened up and the kind of telepathic. And, and then I realized I did things by thinking about it. Like I thought I didn't want to be dead girl on this pond. And then I was hovering above the pond. And I was like, at first, like here, I level the water. And I thought, well, I'm bored with under. I want to go above. So then I started going above. But then I controlled my speed, though, because I said, well, I don't want to go too high. I'm afraid of heights. And I thought, well, that's silly. You're dead. You know? And there was no body I could see. And so I went up and I hovered above. And those memories, it's just like you. It's like they, they don't go. And, my, and mine never change. No matter how many NDEs I read, or see on YouTube or or talk to people about it. Whatever they've experienced has no bearing on right. mine always comes out exactly the same word, almost word for word, because I looked at some some things that I wrote privately uh, uh, on some papers after I'd read the uh, uh, Moody book. And, and then I hadn't looked at those for years. And then when I was writing my my book book, I said, oh, let me go. And I, I grabbed those and looked at them, and they were almost word yep. for word. I do that, too. Oh. I look back when I first typed it in. Now, yeah. I'm more detailed now yeah. because I did have bits and pieces coming back as I relaxed and allowed myself to remember. Because at first it was just like, 
bolted out, kind of like if you were just outside and attacked by somebody or a dog or whatever, and you come in and you just bolt, I was just attacked by a dog and, and it bit me and, and this car went by. But then later, when you're calmed down, then you can say, you know, that dog came because, or I saw this first. You know what I mean? You can slow down and, and relax and then, you know, tell the whole thing. And then there's other things that come back that are like, oh, I didn't remember that at all before. But then, and then once it comes, it just stay. But mine come back um, after my second NDE, as you may have heard me talk about. He was like, Peggy, stop talking. But um, was after my second NDE, I was sitting on the night sky, when, looking at the night sky one night, and it just showed up in the sky like this big movie screen, like the old, you know, outdoor theater. And I just, it took me over and I like relived it and it went like from front to back. And I thought, did I drown when I was little? And I went to my family, you know, confirmed I did. But then still at that, I kept thinking, you know, I don't understand this. But it was a long time later for little pieces start coming because I didn't have word then, you know, near death experience. So what are you going to do with a memory like that? Yeah. yeah. When nobody's going to believe you and you don't even believe yourself because. It, it's, it didn't, things like that don't happen. Right. So therefore you my, tell yourself it couldn't have happened. Yeah, that's what I told myself over and over again. You, you know, it, it can't be. So when I finally found out that yes, it's true. Now when I think about it, which people oftentimes ask me, well, what, what was it really like in, in the light? Tell me what it was really like. Well, there are a number of things that, that I remember very clearly. Number one is in the light, there was no hierarchy. There was no one light bigger than any other light. We, all the lights were the same. Okay. There was no judgment. When I would, when I was doing life review and, and looked at some things that I did were really bad, they were just bad things. There was no judgment of doing good or bad. It's just that if I do bad things, that means that that means I'm 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 geared to doing something that's hateful. If I do something good then now I'm really more inclined to my natural state, which is unconditional love and, and their choices. So, I, I, so that was that was one of the things that that was good for me. The other thing was that a lot of my my physical impairments, like I, I only see out of one eye because of a birth accident. I never had vision on my right eye and, and in the light. I could see everything. It was so wonderful. 360 degrees. I didn't even, if I had a head, I didn't have to turn it because I could see all around me at the same time. And, 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 and my hearing was because of the, the, when I was drowning, my ears got started ringing so bad. It was like someone was poking ice picks in my ears. The pain was terrible. And then as soon as I let go, I was, I was, the silence was there. I call it a symphony of silence. In the light, there's so much beautiful sound and so much beautiful silence. Where it's, silence just is in an absence of noise. It's its own thing. And, and that's why when I, when I meditate, I go to what I call that silent space between my thoughts. I'm thinking now as I'm talking, when I stop talking, I don't think about something for a while. That space in between thoughts is where I go to be in the light. And there's no background noise there. No, 
nothing. It's just pure, beautiful silence. It's not the absence of noise. It has its own beauty. And that was another thing that I I really loved the night and colors. Oh my God, the colors! No, no, I remember you saying um, white and right. I, and the, I don't put I use the word outline, but you didn't use the word outlines. It's just like a different shades of bright white. Yes. Okay. And infinite number. I mean, tons of them. There aren't words in English to describe all the variations of white that I saw. And how can you be, how can you have, I don't know. I'm just saying that's what I remember. I remember seeing what, and the colors were fantastic. All very vivid, colors that I've never seen to this day on. A was planet. that in the spears that you saw colors or was there other things? All over, depending on, because I, I did other things. I traveled all over with the light. I did, I, I moved from, from one galaxy, from one universe to another. I did a lot of things when I was in the light even though it was only 10 minutes of earth time, it was like I, countless minutes of, of time in the light. Did they take you to, did they, like others, did, you know, how did you go to these other universes? Um, it was very interesting because that's where I came up with the phrase in a moment of no time, because now I would be, uh, outside out in outer space looking at the planet earth that's where i came from and now i would be in some other galaxy looking at some other it was i i didn't i didn't go there i'm here and now i'm there so traveling in the light didn't exist for me there was no getting there there was no coming back there was being here being there and being someplace else it was just like now i'm in the tunnel and now i'm in the set in the sphere how did I get there? I didn't. I'm in a tunnel and I'm in the sphere. That's that's the yeah. way it was in the light because there's no time there. It's like looking at looking at the sphere with countless thousands and thousands of pictures or videos of me in my life and looking at them all and understanding them all and not being confused. Because in the light you're not confused. There's nothing confusing about it. Hmm. On you're Earth, to try to reproduce that on Earth. It would be crazy. There, there. Yeah, we have to walk there, drive there. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, my second NDE, I saw Jesus stand there from behind, and I went up and met him like this, stood right beside him, and we dropped down to earth, and just like that, you know, there's like no, no time in travel. It's just okay. like we were standing there, and then we dropped, there was a feeling of drop, and yeah. then we're hovering above the trailer, and then the trailer roof was gone, so we could see down in to see my boys in the future. And then we got dropped down a little, got closer look where we could hear what they were saying. And it's so strange to me because I think, how did I see something in the future that was not going to happen? Because I said, you know, if you can show me my boys would be better off without me for every reason, I agree to stay. If not, I beg to return. And then, then Jesus was standing there like, okay, let's go. You know, like, okay, you know, we're in the future. And it was just like that. And he didn't say, let's go. It was just like he was standing there and I knew, oh, we're going. And and then I was back and I was sobbing, but you know it was these things. You just feel like, like you can never tell anyone. Yeah, and, and that, that's exactly the way that the way I got around in the light was. Now I'm here and now I'm there. And when I tried to explain that to people who haven't 
experience anything like that, it doesn't make sense. How can you be here and then you're there without going there? Well, that's it. Uh, that, that's what I know. That's what I experienced. And can't, it can't happen here. You can't be here and now you're in Hawaii. You got to get on a plane and, go, and now you're in Hawaii. So it doesn't happen that way. So do you name the, those beings, God, Jesus, angels? I mean, what names do you give them? Heaven? I it, yeah, I just call it the light. The light, okay. Pieces of the light. Well, I don't, I, I try not use words that are here on the planet relative to that because it, it just doesn't, for me, it didn't, didn't make sense. I, all of my relationships were with the light and the light had infinite number of pieces. I was one of the pieces and we were all together making one big light, which makes everything. Yeah. I know that some people in IONS that have specifically told people to not use the words, the names, God and Jesus, and for them to say the source or to use something neutral. And I'm like, you know, when they come my podcast, that is not the case. Yeah. You can call it what you call it. Sure. No. It doesn't make any difference. Whatever. In the, in the long run, it is what it is. Okay. So however you want to define it, it's not a big deal. Yeah. For me, it's whatever you want to do. Yeah. And what I've been realizing lately is, you know, of course, we all have our stories or our memories, our experiences. Uh -huh. Everybody focuses on that, including ourselves. But when you get past that, it's like, um, the you know, and there's all the people on the left and all the people on the right and the names we use, you know, etc. And then I'm thinking, you know what? What we're talking about, though, is the same thing, is that realm and that all-knowing voice. Because even the ones that are atheists, they had an all-knowing voice. They had a guide. They had something happen to them that changed the way they continue on with their life as if that, that person, I say God, that, they're, that they knew exactly what they were going to do with this experience. So they gave them the experience they were meant to have to, for, so they would have the, I don't have the right word, the journey that they would on earth. Like for, I keep saying this today, I don't know why for such a time as this. Um, because, you know, I, I sometimes I'll just stop and I'm like, who was that voice to you? Who was that voice? And I think, and for me personally, that's just where my focus is now, is in that knowingness, being in awe, uh, being in awe of that knowingness of, you know, the voice I heard, I said, that has to be God. I seen one sitting up front and center, an outline in the light, said, that has to be God. So I dressed it as God. And, you know, I was Catholic at the time, at 25, and I don't know what I am now, if I'm Catholic, what I am, but... Um, but so I said to God, because we're talking very clear telepathic, and I heard a male, firm but loving voice say no. That was my time. The answer was no. I wasn't going back. And I, you know, I'd never forget that voice talking so clear and firm to me that it just was my time. And so when I come back what I have I always say is you know the gratitude because being told no the answer is no it is your time but then you find yourself back in the wheelchair yeah. 
and you feel gave me my life back of course I never heard of NDE I never heard of and I had a little bit of life review and I didn't understand what life review was for a long time and I thought well maybe that's what mine was but mine was me showing my life to God not somebody else showing me they didn't pick the scenes I did because I was saying I can't stay here because this and this and this happened to me growing up and that is not going to happen to my boys not one thing is going to happen to my boys i had to be there to protect them but when i was saying this and this and this i was throwing i was throwing out the scenarios and seeing them and that's something i haven't heard i haven't heard that from other people and i haven't heard from other people that say no it is your time the answer is no not heard that either so but yeah so I'm, I'm like you you know you don't change your story to meet anybody else's it's what it is yep it's fantastic. Everybody's experience is fantastic. And, and back back in the sphere again, um, based on what you just said for your experience, mine is similar but different. But then you and I are different. We're the same piece of light, but then we have different experiences. Otherwise, there would be only one. Yeah. You were a graduating senior. I was a young mother. Yeah. You know, so. And, and so, so that whole process of of being with the light and reviewing all these things and not being judged that was that was that blew my mind because i i i was i came from an experience that was very judgmental i had to be careful what i did who i said what i did all of that stuff and that wasn't that wasn't what i experienced in the light it didn't make any difference what was important was how i loved how I loved myself. That's what that's what the light really reminded me of. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could teach children in that way instead of punishment to yeah. be able to explain something to where they're like, oh, okay, I understand. Instead of, oh, I'm going to do this so I don't get caught. Or... Anyway, that was that's that that was part of my my journey, and and as I go through. As I go through thinking about it more and more now, since I, I, I call myself being alive in the end times now because it's not too much longer and it couldn't happen sooner for me because I've been waiting to get back there for 60 some years. I want to go back to the light. So that, now yeah. you mean your personal end time? You My don't personal mean... end time. Okay. My personal end time. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it because just I I'm I when 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 I leave I want I'm going to have a celebration of life where people that, that know me get together and talk about all the silly things Andy did and all the good times we had so that to me that's the important part oh, oh, how you're able to allow other people to enjoy their life while they're here on the planet my husband had a bad diagnosis we found out three months later that it was a misdiagnosis but during that three months we gave a lot of thought that we probably wouldn't until we were later in life is uh -huh. he's going first yeah. he's going to be left alone well, and that's one of the reasons why why I we sold our house and moved out was because we're getting at that age now my wife is just a few years younger than me and I thought well if something were to happen to me then I want her to not have to deal with all the stuff we just finished dealing with, which is taking your possessions you've been collecting for 60 years and do something with them 
and then downsize and, and move away where you can have an easier life. So we did that together. And, and now we're at a state where if something happens to either one of us, the other person won't have all of that business to deal with. It'll just be uh, an uninteresting continuation uh, for the for the surviving person. Do they did they let you guys have a room together? Yes. Awesome. We have our own apartment, and the people here are really very nice. Oh, a whole apartment. That's nice. It's, it's good to be here. It's good to experience this type of lifestyle. Good. That's where, that's where we go. How long have you been there? Uh, just about uh, going on two months. It's, it's, it's something that's new. No regrets? Enjoying it, yeah. You don't regret it? Oh, no. Really? In fact, every once in a while I wake up in the morning and I say, well, what if you could wave a magic wand and go back to it was before you sold your house? No. This is where I belong now. Houses are so much work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we were in a really great community. We had tons of friends. We were there for like 15 years. But it's when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. So we're here. It's a good thing. Is there anything okay. else you'd like to add? Uh, one of the things, yeah, what, what, a couple, couple of more things that I'd like to say. Number one is, in the light... For me, it was a very happy place. I enjoyed being in the light. I enjoyed seeing the humor of, of life and the humor of being in the light. That was, that was, to me was really good. I smiled a lot. I was always smiling in the light. It was, it was, it was, it was like, like being home after being away for a while and it's, and it's good to be home. That was, that I, that I really enjoyed. I also, I also enjoyed the fact that, that the constant knowing, that feeling of unconditional love, which doesn't go away. I, would, I originally thought that maybe after a while, it, it will get boring, but I was never bored in the life. That, I don't think that word exists. It's really, I'm going back to where I came from and where I came from was fantastic. And now I'm here for so many earth years and I'm gonna go back and then I'll go someplace else and I'll go whatever, it doesn't make any difference. So, so that really has allowed me to, to live life in a way that I think is, as I'm getting older, I'm enjoying it more. Can't ask for better than that. I'm like you in that I didn't see my rescue either, my drowning. I was out running around town, flying in our houses and playing with kids in yards and stuff. And then next thing I know, I'm choking up water down my brother's back. And and so, you know, after my second NDE 20 years later, I met, saw this drowning and I had to ask my mom, how did you, I said, I have two questions. Did I drown when I was little and how did you find me? Because I don't see that at all. I mean, I really tried to like close my eyes, like, you know, I see anything, nope, I see nothing. But I can see it in my mind now because she explained to me later she said, uh, first she says, uh, I don't remember how we found you. And so I bug her, and after a while she's like, uh, she says, you know, I thought more about that. And she says, I do remember. She said, um, when her, my sister and her come down, and which I saw them from heaven above the pond, I saw them where they sat down, they put down the sheet, they were sitting there, they were in lotion on their arms, and they were looking at each other talking. And I seen my brother on the board, he took from me, and that's how I drowned. 
And so I was above the pond watching before I went off playing, or at the same time, I don't know. I think I did more things at once. But so I'm here above the pond, and I see that. So, but later she told me when I come, she said, when I noticed, because I thought they didn't even know I drowned. They're even looking for me. And I think that's when I hightailed it out there. But, um, but she says, when I noticed you weren't there, she said, I asked my brother John, where's she at? Where did you see her last? And she said, go to where you saw her last and you find her. Like she's blaming him. He's, a, I was five. He was like two years older than me. I guess they supposed to be babysitting me. And so, he said he kept diving down, diving down until he come up with me. Oh. And but when I come to, he was carrying me over his shoulder, and I'm dangling, and I can still see that pavement of the road as I, my eyes wake up. I can feel that water coming out and it's going down his back. And my mom is. I see my mom and sister walking the head because my head's dangling down. And he says, "Mom, can I put her down now? Because I'm barfing on his back, and he don't like that." And they both turned at the same time, and Mom went, oh, yeah, and shook her head. But see, once he put me down, they went back to the house, and I stood there. I was too sick to walk home. Uh-huh. And But I was told during my drowning that I wasn't loved with my family. So now I have this knowledge. Why would I go to the house? This family don't love me. I want to go back where I was. I know drowning really hurts, but I'm not going to fight it this time. I'm going to go back because I was flying and having fun, and I want to do more of that. And then an angel appeared and said, no, don't. And um, so, and it was also a voice, the first voice I heard after my drowning was her voice. But, um, so yeah, it's just, it's strange. No matter how much time goes by, no matter how many other stories you hear, for me sometimes it's just, I still remember how strange it all seemed when I first remembered. Like, how could this be true? And I have the same. I have the same experience. And and again, it it is what it is. And uh, I've enjoyed it. And I've I've helped a number of people who've heard the story. If it if it resonates with them, it's good. If it doesn't, that's fine too. Uh, it's my story, and I'm sticking. We're to sticking it. to it. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.